Hello, my name is Dean Bobar, and I am the Adult Life Minister at Christ Pacific Church in Huntington Beach, California. As a church, we are seeking to cultivate a vibrant community of faith, hope, and love that follows Jesus into the world so our neighbors may also experience God's goodness. You're listening to our Year in the Bible podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us or to subscribe to this podcast, visit us at cpchb.org. Let's consider some of the unique characteristics of Luke's gospel. What are some of the ways that Luke tells his story of the good news of Jesus from a unique perspective? How is Luke's gospel a little different from Mark's gospel or Matthew's or John's? And when we pay attention to some of the unique characteristics of Luke's gospel, as with the other gospels, it will help us hear and understand what it is that Luke is trying to tell us, particularly about Jesus and about the good news that he brings to us. It's been said that a minister sees people at their best, that a lawyer sees people at their worst, and that a doctor sees people as they are. Luke, the doctor, saw people as they are, and he loved them all. That's from the commentator William Barclay. Luke was a physician, we know this, and as a good physician, he aimed to administer medicine to anyone who needed it, regardless of their religious background or cultural heritage, their social class or anything, ethnicity, gender, it didn't matter. And this is why Luke is considered the universal gospel. It's good news for all of humanity. Luke hints at this universal gospel in verse 38 of chapter 3 when he traces the genealogy of Jesus, and he goes much farther back than the genealogy that's in Matthew's gospel. In Matthew's gospel, Matthew traces Jesus' ancestry back to Abraham, the founding father of Judaism. But Luke traces Jesus' ancestry all the way back to Adam, the founding father of humanity, In other words, what Luke is trying to tell us right away is that Jesus is the Messiah, not only for the Jews who were descendants of Abraham, but for all humanity, descendants of Adam. This might be motivated by Luke's own ancestry. Luke is a Gentile, and he is in fact the only Gentile author in the whole Bible. So Luke writes from a Gentile perspective, and he also writes to a Gentile audience. The very beginning in Luke chapter 1, verse 3, we're told, uh, well, the gospel opens with Luke addressing the most excellent Theophilus. Theophilus seems to be the one who, uh, who pays for Luke to write this account. And so the account is dedicated, as it were, to Theophilus who also is a Gentile. And as we will see, Luke's whole gospel is really the gospel for the Gentiles. Here's a couple of evidences that pop up in Luke's gospel that point to this reality of his gospel being a gospel for all and a gospel for Gentiles. So first of all, Luke often gives Hebrew words their Greek equivalent. So that Gentiles who speak Greek, they don't speak Hebrew, they could understand. So for example, Simon the Canaanian, as he's called in Matthew, 
is referred to by Luke as Simon the Zealot. That's in 6 verse 15. The place of Calvary was called in the Hebrew language Golgotha. Luke refers to it by its Greek name, Kranion. Both Golgotha and Kranion mean the place of the skull. And Luke never refers to Jesus by his Jewish title of rabbi. That's a Hebrew word. But instead, he calls Jesus master, which is the Greek equivalent of rabbi. So Luke is clearly writing to a Gentile audience in a way that makes sense to Gentiles. Luke's universal gospel is not only good news for Gentiles, it's also good news for women in a world where there wasn't much good news for women. To give you a sense of the low place of women in the first century Mediterranean world, consider this common prayer prayed by Jewish men at the time. Lord, I thank you that I am not a Gentile, a slave, or a woman. So consider a few unique characteristics of Luke's gospel that make it clear this is good news for women. First of all, Jesus' whole birth narrative in Luke's gospel is told from Mary's point of view. Secondly, only Luke's gospel includes and honors the stories of John the Baptist's mother, Elizabeth, of Anna the prophet, of the widow at Nain, and of Mary and Martha. So do you see a theme here? Luke's gospel is for all humanity, not only for Jews, but for Gentiles also. And not only for men, but for women too. And not only for those who have it all together, but for those who are outcasts and sinners too. Thank goodness, right? Luke alone tells us of the sinful woman who enters Simon the Pharisee's house and washes Jesus' feet with her tears, and then anoints Jesus with an alabaster jar of ointment. That's in Luke chapter 7. This woman had such a colorful reputation in town that she didn't even need an introduction. When she came into Simon the Pharisee's house, they all knew who she was. And the good news is for her too. As Jesus says to her, your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Luke's gospel alone relays to us the episode with Zacchaeus, the tax collector. It's in Luke 19. Zacchaeus was a kind of thief of thieves, regularly increasing his substantial wealth by overtaking or overtaxing rather his relatively poor constituents. And when Zacchaeus, when he repents, Jesus says to him, Today, salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek out and to save the lost. Did you hear that? Jesus came to seek out and save the lost. Thieves like Zacchaeus. Women whose colorful reputation preceded them, like the woman who anoints Jesus' feet. What do you think might be the most well-known of all Jesus' parables? I'm guessing that you would likely say either the parable of the Good Samaritan or the parable of the Prodigal Son. Both of those parables are only recorded in Luke's Gospel. 
In the parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10, Jesus makes the Samaritan out to be the hero. Samaritans were despised by Jews and Gentiles because they were neither really Jewish nor really Gentile. Samaritans were a kind of mashup of cultures and religious expressions. They didn't belong anywhere. They didn't have a home with Jews or with Gentiles. Yet Jesus uses a Samaritan. He intentionally uses a Samaritan as an example of someone who obeys the commandment to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus offers good news to underdogs like the Samaritans and anybody who doesn't feel at home anywhere. The parable of the prodigal son, or the prodigal father, if you prefer. I prefer that. The the parable of the prodigal father tells a story of two sons who are both lost. The younger son rejects his father outwardly by his words and actions. The older son rejects his father inwardly, by his heart's posture towards his father. They're both lost. They're both disobedient. Yet the prodigious love of the father is extended to both of them, to the younger son by running out to welcome him back home, and to the older son by reminding him, son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. Luke, the Gentile physician, sees no limits to the expansive capacity of God's love. So as you read Luke's gospel, let these words from the hymnist Frederick William Faber resound in your heart. He writes, There's a wideness in God's mercy, like the wideness of the sea. There's a kindness in God's justice which is more than liberty. For the love of God is broader than the measures of the mind, and the heart of the eternal is most wonderfully kind. May you know and receive and experience the abounding love of God in Jesus Christ, told to us from the perspective of Luke, the Gentile physician. Thanks so much for joining us for our Year in the Bible podcast. If you'd like to hear more about our Year in the Bible campaign, to subscribe, or learn how you can become engaged with us as a church, please visit us at cpchb.org.